0: Good morning. It is really good to be here. Um, thank you, Gene. Um, our, our growing friendship is, is a joy. Um, Gene and I use technology to connect. Um, we'll jump on Skype and have a conversation and the time flies. And we talk about all kinds of things. Um, and so I appreciate, Gene, you don't know how good you have it. Um, to have a pastor like Gene that, that cares about people like he does. So, thank you, Gene. And, and Liz, his wife, um, behind every good man is a better woman. That's, I'm convinced. Um, Liz ironed my stuff this morning. And this is the level that Gene and I have come to. Um, I said, Gene, somehow in my travels, I lost my socks. He said, Well, here, you want some socks? And so he gave me a pair of socks, and then then it was like on to do you need some underwear? I was like, no, let's let's not go in there. <laughs> so um, I'm here, and I'm glad to be here. I um, where's Tammy? Where's Brad? There they are, hiding in the corner. Those two are modern day missionaries. I I get the the cool title, but really those guys are living it. Um, it is not easy to be somewhat bivocational, like they are. But they are answering the call, so I want to thank you guys for your service, for your heart, for walking alongside of us. So I'll stop putting them on a pedestal. (laughs) I want to introduce you to a little bit of my world. So I think I have some slides. Speaking of Behind every good man is a better woman. <laughs> this is my beautiful wife, Andrea. She and I, um, 14 years ago, jumped on a plane and said, let's, let's ditch this American dream and see what we can do in a different part of the world. So it was just the two of us. We didn't have any kids, and we, um, we said, let's, let's try this thing on that, that we call mission. And it has been an adventure. Um, I can't even begin to tell you. So this this partner in crime um, is is amazing. The next slide is one of my kids. This is this is um, one of my twin boys. I have two twin boys that are five years old. The best surprise that ever happened to us, um, and it came double. <laughs> so when my boys come back to the states, they love corn on the cob. They they love to just tear it up. So we try and get back here when it's when it's ripe. The next one is. I don't know if you can see that. That is Asher going over the bike jump. And on on this particular jump, he didn't make it, as you can tell. <laughs> so a friend su- suggested the caption is, um, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. <laughs> and he got up from that crash and he said, Poppy, I'm I'm tired of landing on my belly. <laughs> so we built him a jump that had a ramp on the backside. And so he's still hitting it. The next one should be, there's all four boys. So in La Paz, there's a, there's a cable car that they just installed that, that kind of flies over the city. And it's a lot of fun to, to jump on. So those are the four boys. And this is pretty much their personalities. You've got one that's serious, a, a little jokester. This one's pretty dramatic. And then the, the, the big one, um, Eli, he's just off the charts. So um, we have a good time. They're, they're great. Uh, is there another one? Oh yeah. So se- secretly Andre wants to be Sharon. I want to be Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> this was taken at our staff retreat last summer. And there might be a, another slide in here. Oh yeah, this is our family. Uh this is what we do on the weekend. We we um we realized that that uh stepping out of ministry is important as well. And so we this was um we went down to a coffee plantation and what and hiked to a a waterfall, um, which is on the way to Abbey, where you guys will go this summer. And this was yesterday. Um, I was hanging out with my friend Toby Mack in Nashville, and actually he's not my friend. <laughs> One guy in the picture is really popular, and the other two guys are just ordinary guys. So this is my friend Jason that I went to college with, and actually he knows Toby pretty well. So we had a good time in Nashville yesterday. And then a, a few other slides. This is our workshop called Sutisana. This is where we um, offer dignify, dignified employment to ladies that are coming out of the sex trade. So these are six of the seven women that are there currently. And the next slide I think shows a few of the products that, that we make. So those are made out of traditional cloth and those two bags are our big sellers for us. We, we just sell those on the website in the States and Talk to Tammy if you want one.
1: <laughs>
0: this is the meal that I want to um, thank you for. Tammy came, and Tammy and Bragg were there, and Tammy shared a devotion. And we were able to have some amazing food that your church provided. And so, um, you know, you, you teach your kids to say please and thank you. And one of their favorite Bible stories is, is that parable in, in, in Matthew where the, the lepers get healed. And, and the one guy goes back to Jesus, and he's just, just like, hey, thanks. I, I feel a lot better right now. <laughs> so I wanted to come and just say, hey, thank you for this huge spread of food. Um, you can't see, but further down the table were all the ladies in Sutisana and our staff. There's Tammy there on the left. My boys were there. Um, it was just a, a great time to be together. So thank you for giving, because we, we stretch the dollar in Bolivia and, and bless a lot of people. I think that's it. Is there another slide there? Or am I on to important things? Okay, we're good. Well, I want to give a mission report. I want to preach. I want to challenge. And I'm going to pack it all in, Gene. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Um, If you have the scriptures on your phone or a Bible, I think they'll put them up um, above us. I'd like to read from Acts this morning to just get us started. So Acts 1, if you can find that. Acts starts out kind of a, an introduction, and Jesus is, is basically saying that he's going to leave us with the Holy Spirit, which is a great thing to have. <laughs> and this particular text is, is if, if you have a title in your text, it's called The Ascension. So I'll read these, these few verses. And the, the scriptures say, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And when he he had said these things... As they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into the heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come again in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Shortly after this passage was recorded, there's a story in in the Jewish culture, Jewish tradition, of a rabbi named Akiva. Now this story is passed down through oral tradition. We don't have it written down. But the story goes a little bit like this. Akiva was walking as any good Jewish rabbi was and meditating on the scriptures. And the tradition says that that he was meditating on on a a passage of Isaiah. So he's walking along the north shore of, of the Sea of Galilee and as the sun is setting in the west, he, 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 he has his head down and he's, and he's just praying, meditating over, over the scriptures and he takes a wrong turn. Instead of going left to, to Capernaum, he goes straight and he finds himself at dusk in front of a huge building. Now, not really a building, more like a fortress. So this fortress um, has a huge wall, and so he stops, and he hears this voice: "Who are you? What are you doing here?" Now the rabbi kind of switches gears, and he, and he stops his meditation, and, and realizes he's off track, and and he shouts back, "What?" And this Roman centurion guard says, Who are you? What are you doing here? And as any good rabbi, he's he's plugged in and he says, I'm gonna answer a question with a question. <laughs> he said, How much do you get paid to ask me those questions? <laughs> and the guard says, Two drachma. One is basically like a week's salary. So he's not getting, a, or a day's salary. He's not getting a whole lot. And he said, Rabbi Akiva says, I'll double your pay if you stand outside of my house and ask me those same questions every morning when I open my door. Why would that be so important to a, a Jewish rabbi? What is so important about who are you? And what are you doing here? Now, you, you can probably guess. It's not, um, my name is Chris, and I'm hanging out in church. I think those questions get a little bit deeper into a few things. I think the first one is about identity, and the second is about purpose. Um, I'll come back to that. But I want to look at this this specific verse, um, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. As a missionary, I love this passage. This is what justifies me gallivanting around the world. (laughs) No, not really. But really, this 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 lays out essentially a, a a game plan for mission. What what is Jerusalem to us? Jerusalem is Richmond, right? It's it's probably your neighbor, somebody on your street. It might be somebody in your neighborhood. People, we as Americans we love neighborhoods, right? We we name them; they get cool names. Um, Feels cozy. So, our, what is our Jerusalem? It's 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 our proximity, our geographic proximity. If if I blindfolded Matthew, threw him in the back of a car, and drove him fifty miles from here and dropped him off somewhere, would he be able to find his way home? Probably. Now, I'm, I'm not advocating throwing people in cars, okay? <laughs> This is the twisted mind of a missionary. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, that's your region, right? You, you know your way around here. You don't need your phone to get to work, right? Okay. That's your Jerusalem. That's what it's saying. This is where you are comfortable. This is, this is um, you're, you're, you're skilled in navigating this world. And so that is the first place to do mission. That is the first place to be a disciple, what is Judea? Judea is a region. That's easy. Okay, so I drove across a few states today. I understood all the road signs. Um, state police means state police wherever you go. <laughs> there were a lot of those guys out. <laughs> I behave myself. Where's my buddy Daniel? <laughs> i to drive his car again. <laughs> your, your region is a little bit beyond... Okay. It takes a little bit of effort to do mission beyond Kingsway, but there's a call to that. God has set up in, in his infinite plan, a, almost a longing in us to not be satisfied with a box. And, and to kind of step out the door and say, is there something else that God is calling me to? Now, I am totally against Christian tourism, okay? Don't get me wrong. I, I don't think that just lack of structure in 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 church and in mission is a good thing. But I do think that there is more beyond um, the Jerusalem, and so the, the region. Um, what is Samaria? Th- this one's interesting to me. Um, Samaria is i i i think if i've if i've studied this well enough speaks more to ethnicity now we're, we're used, supposed to hang out with samaritans the, the, they rub shoulders but they didn't at the same time um jesus was always getting in trouble for doing weird things with the opposite gender and they were samaritans um that's me. That's my life. <laughs> I do things in the wrong culture, and it's usually with with ladies. But I think that's what the Lord's called us to. Um, there's a there's a ethnicity piece to the Samaritan call here. And so, what does that mean? Like, I think there's some people here that speak Spanish, right? Is it being? Are they translating right now? Prefiero hablar en español. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think God is, he doesn't have language. I mean, he, he, he goes beyond that. For him, it's it's no big deal. He, he's more than just bilingual, by the way. <laughs> I think he speaks in every tongue. And, and someday, man, I can't wait. It's just going to be, um, we're, we're going to get each other a lot more than we do now. And so I, I think for us um, in today's age, before it was there were Samaritans in the mix. So Jews and Samaritans, they were hanging out. I think today what that looks like for us is hopping on a plane, or going across town, somewhere where we are possibly a minority, or where we aren't comfortable. Um, you guys know what I'm talking about. It, I, it's not rock and science. There, there are parts of town that we don't like. There are people that we just don't understand. And and what is the call? Jerusalem, the region Judea, Samaritans. And God wants to move us through that. He wants to do something in us when we are uncomfortable. That that is a mystery to me because I don't like to be uncomfortable. My my I I get a little nervous when when God puts me in environments where I just don't know how to flourish. And at the same time, after I walked through that, I realized that, wow, God was really at work here. Now, I want to tell you a story about Brad. <laughs> so Brad came to Bolivia this past trip, and and uh, I, I didn't have a whole lot of time to hang out with Brad, as much as I love to hang out with Brad. So I said, Brad, I, I have a project for you. Um, any good boy from Virginia knows how to run a circular saw. So I said... I'll even buy you a brand-new saw. So here's a circular saw. I need you to build me some shelves. Brad's like, yeah, that's no problem, before he arrived. <laughs> so I said, there's there's a wood shop, you know, a few blocks away. Just go over there, ask for some wood, and and you'll be fine. Well, there's no, it, it's not like Lowe's, okay? This is not um, getting the pre-cut two-by-four. <laughs> so Brad goes, in the rainy season, and picks up the nastiest wood you can find. <laughs> rounds up some people to, to carry it back and starts building these shelves. And they look amazing, Brad. Thank you so much. Um, but Brad had a cross-cultural experience. Brad jumped into what would be the equivalent for him, the Samaritan world. He didn't speak the language. He didn't know how we do things in Bolivia. He decided, okay, well, this is what I think is best. Let's try it. And with a little bit of coaching, we, we, we got him through the project. <laughs> I think that God wants to do that with all of us. I, I, I was talking to Gene, and Gene said, I would love it if everybody could go on a trip. And, and don't hear me saying that, that mission trips are the miracle-solve-all to, to all of your problems. They'll probably create some more. If <laughs> The truth be known, God starts to work in your life when you get out of your comfort zone. And so I, I just want to encourage you that, that God is a, at work in you. And he's really at work in you when you're not comfortable. And I don't know what that means for you. So, so, so take that personally. Ask the Lord about it. But I think he has a Samaritan, Samaria experience waiting for you that is unique. And and I'll and I'll come back to that in a few minutes. The to the ends of the earth. I feel like means to the ends of the earth. It is a small world. Um, they gave me an amazing rental car that has this thing called Bluetooth in it, and so my phone from Bolivia works with that thing. I was calling Bolivia yesterday while I was driving down the highway. Like, our world is so small. It is so tiny, and God wants to be. Lord of all of it. The whole entire thing. He wants his name to be praised. All around the globe. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to start preaching here in a minute. <laughs> this is the verse for me. Matthew nine thirty six Or 37. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. I think in the past we've, we've tried to guilt people into mission. We've tried to say, that this, is, this is your obligation. I think God calls us in a way that, that takes into account who we are and what our gifts are. Um, he wants to utilize us and refine us at the same time. Um, and his mechanism is the church. I, I think um, he's very, very, very interested in this. And I'm not saying this cool building, but you in accomplishing his purpose. Um, when, I, when I flew into the States, I, had a, I arrived at 5 p.m., and I had a 5 a.m. flight out of Miami. And if you know Miami, Miami's not cheap. And so I, I knew that it was going to be hard to, to catch a flight, go to a hotel. So I said, I'll just hang out in the airport. Now, they do something really sneaky at airports. They put armrests on the chairs. I'm here to tell you there's not a single chair in Miami Airport that doesn't have an armchair. <laughs> so you can't sleep. You can't lay down. You can't, you can't get a night's rest. So being the savvy traveler that I am, I found the auditorium in the Miami Airport. I first tried the chapel. I was like, nobody's gonna rob me in the chapel. <laughs> it was all locked up. I was just like, what's the purpose of a chapel if you're gonna lock it? <laughs> so I, I found a piece of carpet and and I got a, a, a night trust in, in the Miami airport. Um, but I think, I think, well, let's pull up this image. Is there another picture there? Maybe from Google Earth. I think this is God's vision of the church. Does anyone know what airport this is? This is um, Hartsfield-Jackson in Atlanta. Um, They say it it has more traffic than O'Hare now. I'm not sure. But there's a ton of planes at that place. So you can see them all parked and you can see all the the, um, taxiways and there's a runway on there. I I honestly believe that, that this is what church should be. A place where you come in as you're in transit to another place, I I, I think um, there's a purpose behind armrests at the airport. It's that so so people don't get comfortable, so you can't lay down and, and relax. Now, I love church, and and it like I said, it is God's mechanism. But if we're not Looking beyond these walls, then this isn't really serving God's full purpose. If we go back to the text, what are the disciples doing? After Jesus ascends up in heaven, what do they do? They stand around with their hands in their pockets and they're just looking up in the sky, waiting for him to come back. And I think Jesus is like, Fellas, I'm gone. I'm out of here you got some work to do. Yes, there's time for adoration. Matthew, thank you for worship this morning. But that's a piece of our greater call to Christian service. It's a package deal. So this is a place where we come in. We get trained. Please get involved here. But don't see this as the end all. Okay, These planes have to take off. If you've ever been in an airport that, that gets kind of shut down because of weather, it's nasty. Lots of people coming in and nobody going out. Long lines in the bathroom. Again, no armrests. <laughs> it's not God's design. God's design is to bring us in, to train us, and to send us off. Um I want want to show you something here. I think think we're all called to this. Like I said, some of us get cool titles, but I think we're all missionaries. I think all believers and followers of Christ are called to mission. It's very clear in Scripture that we're to become and to make disciples. Read that in, in the end of Matthew there's lots of ways to do that, but I think it essentially boils down to two: you go or you give. Some people say there's a third which is prayer, which I'm like if you're going or if you're giving, you should be praying anyways so it's it's it really doesn't qualify in my mind um, There's a really cool book that I would encourage you as a maybe as a church to even pick up, which is called Serving as sender. It's how do we do this thing called sending people? How, how do we empower people like Brad and Tammy when they want to jump on a plane and build shelves and teach girls how to sew? If, if, if you don't have the ability to go, you definitely need to be involved in the sending piece. It, it's kind of both and. It's, it's the same coin with different sides on it. In my mind, that's mission. In my mind, that's what it is to be a disciple of, of Jesus. Um, to walk so closely with him, kind of like the, the, the rabbis, they, they say that the dust comes off of their sandals because they're walking so closely behind them. That, that is our call, to, to know Jesus and then to go and make him known. Um, Okay, I'm getting to my thing here. (laughs) This was a gift to me from my friend Peter. Um, My friend Peter recently went to the Holy Lands and he brought this back. So he said this is camel's hair, but I'm not buying it. Um, It looks like hemp to me. (laughs) But I know that this rock came from the Valley of Elah. Um, You know what happened there? David picked up a few of these. And and he used them against a huge giant. It's one of my favorite stories to read, read to my kids, because like, little boys just love giants. And they like to be giants. <laughs> and they like to kill the giant. It gets rowdy at my house. <laughs> I, I, I shared this with the girls in Sutisana a few weeks ago. And I showed them my gift, and they all like wanted to take it, and then they wanted to go make some, and then they wanted to sell some. And I mean, they're... They're all about business, aren't they, Timmy? <laughs> I said, you can, you can copy this, but don't touch my rock. This is important to me. But I asked the girls, I said, What, what does this mean to you? What does what this little slingshot, sling type thing symbolize for you? And they, they came up with some pretty good stuff. What I was trying to drive home for them was this is a tool. David, as a kid, had lots of practice, lots of free time on his hands. Just wandering around, killing beasts, and he got really good at it. And I said to the girls in Sutisana, I said, what is it in your life that you have become good at? And it was quite obvious to me, and they're like, "Uh, cooking, cleaning. I said, no, sewing. You guys are getting really good. Aren't they, (laughs) Tammy? They're getting really good at sewing, And I said, this might be a tool for you to slay some giant someday. Whatever your giant is. Maybe it's poverty. Or maybe it's, I'll be able to get out of a bad situation because I can make a living for myself. I, I want to ask you the same question. What, what are you good at? What is your, your rock and your sling? What do you have to offer for the kingdom? I think in, in a room this size, man, there are some experts in here. If Brad can pull a button on a circular saw, then, then it's useful. I, I think I, I, God wants to use his church to accomplish something way bigger. As Paul says, far more imaginable than we can ever think or dream I don't know what that is for you. But I want to encourage you to ask the Lord about it. To say, what can I offer? Because our Lord is about alignment. He loves to take his purpose and our gifts and put them together. Now, I want to go to Spanish real quick because it's going to be easier in Spanish. (laughs) But I'll translate. (laughs) So when I ask those two questions, um, who are you and what are you doing here? That's both singular and plural in English, correct? It can be you all or it can just be you individually. And I guarantee, I guarantee that everyone was thinking of themselves when I asked that question. But probably more of a Latino culture would think plural, plural. The plural you so in Spanish it's quien eres or quienes somos right so I want to I want to use that and say, who are you plural and what are you doing here plural I think there there's something in that for Kingsway. I think there's a question of identity and a question of purpose when it comes to this whole idea of disciple and mission. I've gotten the privilege to know some of you. Bright smiles. Great at Christian service. And I am already praying that God would take that even further. It's, yes, it's it's a... It's signing up for a mission trip, but it's way more than that. God is way bigger than that. And that is only a tool that God uses to bring about his kingdom. So, I just want to leave that with you. I think God is on the move at Kingsway. I can, I can sense it. I, I can see it. I, I, I think you have some of your best days ahead. And I pray for you. I don't, I don't see this this missionary church thing as a, as a donor receptor. Gene and I have talked about that. And i said, I need to learn from your church. And he said, well, we need you to teach us how to do mission. I said, well, that sounds like a great partnership. We need each other. We need each other in the kingdom. We have to work together. And God is about aligning people and purpose and running with it. So... Thank you for taking me in. Thank you for receiving me this morning. Thank you for being who you are. And thank you for trusting the Savior. You're on a great journey. Keep up the faith. Thank you.
1: Thank you, my friend. Thank you for sharing with us. Let me ask you before we pray for you. Okay. How do you answer those two questions? <laughs> Who are you and what are you doing here?
0: I am the beloved child of the Most High God. It's, it's essential. What am I doing here? I am a co-laborer in the kingdom. And I am here to glorify his name. To bring others to Him.
1: (laughs) What has He called you to do in Bolivia?
0: He has called me, my family, to be about His justice, His righteousness. To offer dignified employment to people that have had a a really rough start, but are going to have an amazing finish. And to be a good husband and a dad.
1: <laughs> and how do you take the gospel and make that work?
0: I I can't remember if it's John Wesley. No, who is it? Someone said, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. So a lot of it is service. It's accounting and legal work and fixing sewing machines. But it's also walking alongside um, some amazing people. So my my role is more pastoral to our staff and they have direct contact with we we kind of have ministry at several several levels, yeah. you know that. Yeah. 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 So well, I, I love I love doing that. Putting the right people in the right place and and just giving them wings to fly for the kingdom.
1: One of the things I really appreciate about you Andy is just observing how you deeply love the Savior and you deeply love those around you. Mm. And you love to see that love extended to other people. Mm. And you do a great job of that, my friend. Thanks, team I'm so grateful for your example. Thank and you. And I'm so grateful that all of us have the privilege of partnering with you, not, not just sending you money, but mm. praying for you mm. and sending teams and being a part yeah. And uh, I appreciate you coming here and letting us just connect that with you. Yeah yeah Thank you. So we're going to pray, Chris Josh Matthew, we're going to pray for you right now and and just ask for God to to really intervene hmm. and strengthen you and fulfill the hmm. prayers that that I know are in your heart Amen. for this ministry. So. Thank you.